head at six feet tall, 215 pounds of bad bomb. Telling from St. Louis, by way of the Ohio State University in now Hollywood, California, the CEO of the world's most dangerous website, BSO. It's the headline game. We made it. We made it. Somehow we've gotten through 2022. And we're going to make it to 2023. You just never know these days. It's rough out here. The first thing I got to say, though, is thank you. He said, well, why, why are you thanking us, Rob? Well, let me tell you something. In 2022... BSO had over 100 million visitors to the site. And that's not even counting all of the, the tweets and the Instagrams and the TikToks and the YouTubes and the podcast listens. That's just an amazing number. For someone who did his first media broadcast when he was 16 years old in high school to the entire school to now and someone who's run this you know business for almost 20 years and to still see this type of growth it's really amazing it's really amazing and I, I'm humbled by it that a hundred million people care about what we have to say on BSO. Now, granted, probably 97 million haters, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it counts all the same. It counts all the same. So I appreciate that. We're always looking for ways to switch things up, stay ahead of the game. We're always staying true, true to ourselves. And that's what's really important. Because you look at the landscape right now. That's a lot of fake. There's a lot of fakeness. There's a lot of hating. There's a lot of acting going on. Some of these reporters are like Robert De Niro. They think they're Denzel Washington. <laughs> and, you know, I understand what we do now is mostly, if we're just being honest, entertainment. We're here to entertain you. And, you know, say, Rob, how do you, how do you know that? How you, how you? Well, think about it. The most well-paid analysts and journalists out there, let's be honest, they're more like actors. They act more like Martin Lawrence than Ralph Wiley. They're jokesters. They want to go viral. And you got to understand the game if you're going to be in the game. You know, they call me the headline king. Or you say, well, why do you, why, 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 do, why do you do those headlines like that? Well, I got to get somebody to click. <laughs> you can't just tell the story anymore. Now, some of these guys go way over the top. 
and, and ladies. It's not just the guys. But as someone told me in my youth, when they were breaking down life to me, don't blame the supplier, blame the user. And I find that's interesting because, like let's say in law enforcement, they want the big fish, they want the supplier. But if you really think about it, the persons or the people that get charged the most, that have the most damage to their reputations, to their lives, is the users. <laughs> the suppliers up there sitting pretty. But you have to look at it like this. Supply and demand is what makes the world go around. If I give you something and you don't like it, I'm out of business. And so these media companies have realized that if we supply you with tomfoolery, you eat it up. It is my experience that people love the thing that they say they hate the most. Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless. How does Skip Bayless have a job? How does Skip Bayless make $8 million a year? It's, he has to have, there has to be a reason. Because you keep screaming, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless. I hate Skip Bayless, I hate Skip Bayless. I hate academics. I hate Vlad TV, I hate, I hate, I hate. I hate, I hate Takashi 69 I hate, I hate. The only way people, you know, can exist in these platforms is if you give them attention. I hate Candace Owens. I hate this. Trump rode that whole wave to presidency. Because normally when you hate somebody so much, there's an opposite side of it. They're staunch defenders. Because we're not the United States of America. Should be the separate states of America, the separate people of America, because nothing united about us. But enough about that. Let's talk some sports and entertainment. Tank Davis, Javante Davis, was arrested uh, recently for allegedly uh, slapping his baby mama uh, with a closed fist. Granted, I don't know how you can slap somebody with a closed fist. That would be a punch. Uh, but whatever the case, this has caused a ruckus uh, because he has a fight coming up January 7th against Hector Garcia. Uh, he has another fight scheduled for the uh, spring-summer against uh, Ryan Garcia. Uh, and he also has a couple other court cases, uh, trials coming up for assault and then for a hit-and-run. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, with Javante Davis, but really, I want to speak about the state of boxing, because it's terrible, okay, it's awful, it's awful, we started off the year not too bad, to be honest with you, but thanks to Earl Spence and Bud Crawford, and others, like Tyson Fury, and, and the inactivity of, of certain fighters, the state of boxing is not in, in great shape. You know, a lot of people ask you, well, who fought was it with Earl Spence and, and Bud Croft? Well, it, it's very similar to uh, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. See, what a lot of people don't know is initially, uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao had a fight scheduled for 2009. But then Pacquiao balked on the drug testing. That's a fact. You can go look it up. 2009, a fight was pretty much all agreed to. 
but Pacquiao didn't want to do the drug testing. Now, then later on after that, you could say that Mayweather kept pushing the fight back, kept pushing the fight back. Then it happened well past his due date. Now, granted, it made a lot of money, more money than any fight in boxing history. Well, that's great for the promoters, the fighters, um, anybody else that got paid off the fight. It was, but the fans were the losers. The fans did not get a fight of the two top guys in their prime. So it doesn't matter how much money they made off of it. The fans were the losers. And that's the situation with Bud Crawford and, and Errol Spence. They both share some of the blame. Earl Spence started the whole thing. You had to be on this side of the street. You had to be on this side of the street. Bud Crawford re-signed with top rank uh, years ago when he had an opportunity to potentially come over to the PBC side, knowing that they had all of the elite welterweights at that time. Then, you know, Bud Crawford finally does after basically Bob Arum begged him to not re-sign. <laughs> I mean, Bob Arum went on national television with Bud Crawford right there and said he's losing money on Bud. He could build a, a mansion in Beverly Hills off the money he's lost off of Bud Crawford. Said it right there in Bud's face. So Bud Crawford's a, a free agent. And, you know, he knows how they do things over in the PBC. He knows. He knows how the contracts are set up. This is no surprise to him. He took... He did what he always does. He took the most money for the easiest fight. That's not to take away from his talent. That's not to take away from his skill set. It's just, that's just what he's done throughout his career. Most money, easiest fight. And, you, you know, it's hard to tell how elite someone is. If they're not in with other elite guys. If you put, you know, if LeBron James you know, can play the, the, the rec league team every week at your local YMCA, you'd be like, man, he's the GOAT. But hell, if, if Mason Plumley played the rec league team every week, you think he'd the GOAT too. You only know, like, the levels when you're fighting someone on your own level. That's how boxing is. That's If you look at all of the great boxers throughout history, the way that they're measured is not so much wins and losses. It's the fights against the elites. Everybody expect them to beat the, the lower level, even the mid-level, even the high mid-level. That's what elite fighters are supposed to do. What makes them legendary and the legacy is the fights against the elite. You know, Joe Lewis had a bum of the month club. But see, the difference is when people talk about that or they talk about uh, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez and, and, and the, the, all these fights, is if you have 10 fights in a year, you can fight seven bums. Give us three elite fights. That's fine. These guys fight once or twice a year. And if you're only fighting once or twice a year, people are going to expect those to be good fights. Not David Avenesian. Not Roley Romero. No, no offense to Roley. I like Roley. They want these fights to be elite. If you're only going to fight once or twice a year. And it's starting to affect the young guys. Guys like Virgil Ortiz and Boots Ennis should be fighting three, four, five times a year. 
Put him in there with three bombs to showcase and then a couple of step-up fights. That's how it used to be. In the 80s, these guys fought the elite guys in their 20s. You had to sink or swim. You had no time to just be hanging out. You had to sink or swim back then. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, get excited about seeing a, a a Tank Davis or Ryan Garcia, a uh, Earl Spence, Bud Crawford. I mean, maybe you get a Tyson Fury and and, and Usyk, maybe. Maybe you get a Joshua Wilder, maybe. It's unfortunate. Shout out to my man Nwai. Anyway, he's the only one that seems to want to fight whoever's out there. But, you know, he don't get a lot of respect in the States because he's a lower weight and he's, he's Japanese. Yeah, it's the state of boxing. It's terrible. Sucks. Nick Cannon just had his 12th kid, his fourth kid in 2022. His Christmas must have been insane. His Christmas must have been insane. Do you think he has a mental problem? Do you think Nick Cannon has a mental problem? Like, is there something wrong with him up there? I'm just, I'm just asking the question. I don't have the answers. I'm just asking the question. There's something wrong with Nick Cannon. Is there something wrong with Kanye West? Is there something wrong with Kyrie Irving? And actually, let me let me say something about Kyrie and and uh, Kanye. Because sometimes they get grouped together, right? Kyrie Irving, and, and let me be very clear, I don't agree with everything Kyrie Irving said. I don't agree with everything Kyrie Irving does. But the one thing that I think is very, 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 very important is that I don't believe Kyrie has nothing but good intentions when it comes to black people. And when you have good intentions when it comes to black people, I'm willing to look the other way for some other things. And to me, that's the main difference between Kanye and Kyrie. I think Kyrie legitimately wants to help black people, wants to help poor people, wants to help people in need. Kanye has shown that that's not where his head is at right now. And he's shown that for several years. And I find it very interesting with Kanye West. I find it very interesting that for the last four to five to six years, maybe even longer, that he's been talking bad, talking down, just doing terrible things, saying terrible things about black people, that his net worth increased. He became a billionaire in the midst of black hatred. And I'm not trying to go all Dr. Umar. I'm just saying. He became a billionaire in the midst of talking bad about black people. The minute, and I mean the second, that he started talking bad about white people, they took all his money. He went from, I mean, he's not, he's not broke, but I mean, they, they, he went from billionaire to, to 400 million overnight. They start seizing his accounts. They start canceling his deals. 
And I don't particularly feel bad for him because of all the stuff that he said about black people. But that's very interesting. You need to really think about that. You need to really think about that. You can talk, if you're a black person, you can talk bad about black people all the time. You'll make more money. You make more money. Trust me. I've told you guys several times. I've had lots of offers. I've had lots of offers. Big time offers to turn on my people. I'd never forget that phone call. I'm not going to say who, what, or where, or why. But I got that phone call, and that person said, Rob, we got X amount of dollars for you. You know, we need you to be the 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 quote unquote black face of this organization. I knew it was gonna be some blowback. And I expressed my concerns about that. And that person told me, I wouldn't say look me in the eye because we was on the phone. He said, Why do you care about them if they don't care about you? I had to take a step back for a second. But after I took a step back, I thought about it. You, life isn't about, you know, what doing the right things, so to speak, shouldn't be about what someone has done for you. It shouldn't be. Now, I understand it's hard. Somebody's done you wrong and done you dirty. Your your natural instinct is to say, screw them, F them. Just think about yourself. But when I sat back and thought about it, I said, now, all these people who've done me dirty, but what about all the people that have supported me? What about all the people that have kept me afloat? What about all all these people that have allowed me to have this wonderful life, this wonderful family, take care of my kids? What about them? Who is more of them than the people that try to take you down. So you got to really think about stuff like that. It's easier to see the negative than the positive. Because the negative bothers you more. If you see $5 on the ground and you, you pick it up. Hey man, that's great. I got $5. Hey, you go about your day. But if you lose $5, that might bother you for a week. What did my five dollars go? I can't believe. Have you ever lost something in the house? You're looking around. Where is that? I can't believe. Oh my God! Who put that? Did my wife move it? Did the kids move it? What's happening? Was it the cleaner? What's going on? Where is it? I can't find it. I'm looking for this wrench. I can't find. You're just frustrated, right? But if you was in the house and you found something that you weren't even looking for, you'd be like, "Huh? I was wondering where that was at. I'm glad I got it right now. Let me put it back in this drawer." <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Just be very careful out there. Nobody wants anything for free. You know, you have to wake up every morning and look at yourself in the mirror. And, and if you like what you see. And, and and when I say that, you know, people, that's kind of cliche. But the thing is, nobody's perfect, right? <laughs> you know, nobody is like inherently perfect or good all the time. But you got to know deep down, am I, you know, am I a good person? Only you know that. Are you a good person? Are you good to people? Are you nice to people? Do people depend on you? You know, like I was, what was, what was that? 
um, the, the, the Eagles fan that uh, put on the, the, the Instagram that he, he glad that Dak Prescott's mom passed away and his, his brother committed suicide. He hoped his other brother died. How do you look in the mirror after that? You know, and, and, and no offense to my white listeners, but you guys seem to have sometimes no, like, you just don't feel anything. Like, how can you say that you have a mother? You probably have a sibling. How can you say that over a football game? Who cares? It's just a game. It's just a game. Who cares? That's the other thing about Kyrie Irving. Once again, when, you know, Kyrie have said, you know, like I said, I think Kyrie is, uh, cares about black people. And, but, you know, if he talks about those issues, you know, media doesn't care about that. As soon as he starts talking about, you know, other stuff, all of a sudden you got to do all of this, you got to apologize to this, you got to pay all this money here, you got to go through all these steps. They want black men to be subservient. That's what that's that's all it is. And don't get it twisted. That's even that's the NBA. But that happens at Walmart, Target, the call center, all over the world, all over the country. This is not the United States of America. We're not united at all. And we're definitely not equal. You think Tom Brady should hang it up? Do you think that this is it? You think he should hang it up? So here's the, here's really my question, the question that I have: Would Tom Brady still be married right now if he would have stayed retired, or was there bigger issues at play? Because that's kind of crazy to end up getting divorced after twenty plus years of marriage because you know you want to be on the six and nine team or six and eight or whatever they are. That's a bit insane. That leads me to believe that there were more issues at play here. And did Giselle just need an excuse to get out of the marriage? And she used Brady going back to play. Or was there so many problems within the marriage that Brady was like, I gotta get the hell up out of here. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather be chased by one of the Bosa brothers than stay in this house with this woman. It's hard to tell. You never know with celebrity uh, relationships. The NFL is very interesting uh, this year, especially at the beginning of the year. Everybody was trash. I think you, you've seen a little separation now toward the end of the season as we get closer to the playoffs. But even on the kind of the back half of who's getting in the playoffs, all those teams are very average. Very average. Anybody can beat anybody at, at this point in time. You see right now the Houston Texans out here giving, making people go life and death with them. So, I mean, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jacksonville Jaguars ended up in the Super Bowl. That's that's the type of parody that I think that the NFL is going for. But still, the Ravens King, you saw what they did on, on Christmas, crushed the, the NBA. Now, granted, you know, this is football, and it's only so many games in the season, and even the Christmas Day games for basketball, it's still early in, in their season. But they're still the Ravens king. So it can go either way. And with the NBA, my God, Luka and Jokic, these guys are going crazy. 
But then, you know, everybody has to just talk about LeBron. <laughs> everybody has to talk about LeBron. Look, LeBron, look, they sold their soul. I wouldn't even say they sold their soul because it was out of their control. But I'm I'm the type of person that says, no matter how you win your ring, it's still a ring. Like, I'm not big on the asterisks and all of that stuff. I'm not putting the asterisks by Barry Bonds' home run record. I'm not big on any of that stuff. I, I would say one thing that, that I am that kind of bugs me is when someone breaks a record and they have, like, extra games. You know what I mean? Like, like O.J. Simpson ran for 2,000 yards in 14 games. You know, then Eric Dickerson ran for 2,135 in, in 16 games. So if a guy breaks that record in 17 games, eh, same thing like Calvin Johnson, I believe it's 1964, 19, something around there, close to 2,000 yards in 16 games. But we give a guy a whole extra game. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't. I don't know how you reconcile that, but that that's really. But the, as far as championships and stuff, that I don't. I don't asterisk that. Remember, if it's a strike shortened season, or in this case, a bubble season. And now, granted, the bubble was beneficial for the Lakers because Anthony Davis can never play a whole season. He got three months off. LeBron got who's older, who was still older, and was older then. Got three months off. And then when they got in the bubble, they were really the only team that stayed healthy. It's a weird championship. Didn't really get a parade or wasn't really anybody there. <laughs> it's very odd looking back upon it. But, you know, 100 years from now, they're still going to say LeBron won four NBA titles. With that being said, uh, they probably should have realized that that was an anomaly. <laughs> And maybe made moves accordingly and not just bring in Russell Westbrook. But they did not. And now they're suffering. And let's, let's just be honest. Not many great players uh, in their career on a high note. I mean, not, not many. There's not too many that have walk-offs. You know, John Elway is the one. I mean, Bill Russell. But normally, normally the walk-offs are not great. Yeah, they're on bad teams. They're in bad situations. Their 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 skills are diminished. Now, I will say this about LeBron: you know, he, he his skills aren't diminished. He's just he's just old, so his body sometimes can't take the rigors of eighty-two games like it used to. But I believe, especially with Carmelo. Uh, not playing. I believe he's he's the last one standing uh, from that draft class. If if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I don't think Chris Paul was in that draft. I think he, he's the I think he's the last man standing from that the 2003 draft class, which is quite amazing if you consider that you know he's 16 years old on the SI cover being called the chosen one. You know, normally that note doesn't work out either. Normally, if they say you're a chosen one, nine times out of ten, it's, it's not happening. Well, you know, but he's made his money. He's won his championships. I don't think nothing that he does is going to change if you think he's the GOAT or don't think he's the GOAT. I mean, granted, he can win like three championships in a row or something like that, but that's highly unlikely going forward. I think whatever you feel about him right now is what you're going to feel about him, you know, after. And then, you know, 10, 20 years from now when they do a last dance or whatever with LeBron, you know, people still have those feelings 
uh, one way uh, or the other. A lot of brothers on the uh, the milk yacht in twenty twenty two. They got they got the homie uh, T.J. Holmes. So Good Morning America. I'm so dumb. I thought he was on the original Good Morning America. He's on some side show of Good Morning America. Come to find out, he was he was with a couple of a uh, couple of milk ladies at the job while he was married. The craziest thing about that one was. The, the little Facebook post that he made for his wife on her anniversary, talking about how she should have left him a hundred times. And the, the whole time he was, he was smashing his, uh, his co-host who happened to be married to, uh, the, the Billy from Melrose place. Everything is six degrees of separation. And they haven't put my man Holmes back on the since then. See, if he was just smashing some blacks lady, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But he, he had to be the captain of the milk yacht, so they'll keep him off air for a while. They was on vacation. Somehow they was able to get flights out. Obviously, they wasn't flying southwest. <laughs> they wasn't flying southwest. They were able to go on a little Christmas vacation, and now, now he's filed for divorce. I mean, duh. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're flying on Christmas vacation with your mistress. I, you know, I would assume filing for divorce would, would be next. At least you waited until after Christmas. You didn't, like, file the papers on Christmas. So, yeah, kudos to that, TJ. Yeah, be careful on the milk, yeah. All milk's not good for you. There's whole milk and there's spoiled milk. And people last time people always ask me, you know, are they thinking I'm all Dr. Umar in it. No, 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 no. Not Kevin Samuels in it. No, 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 no. I have no problem with, with the milk yacht. It's just like with anything in life, you know, there's good good and bad. You know, like there's there's Fiji water, and then there's, you know, like Dasani. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're both water. But one is markedly better for you than the other. So if I see you drinking Dasani, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to raise an eyebrow. I'm going to raise an eyebrow. So it doesn't matter to me, if, you know, you're drinking that whole milk or 2%. Just make sure it's good for you. Make sure, and then, you know, make sure you're not talking bad about the chocolate milk. That's really all it is. You can't be out here talking bad about chocolate milk and then, you know, which are your skim milk. That That's the problem. It's fine. Uh, whatever milk you want to have. You have strawberry milk, chocolate milk, v vanilla almond. Doesn't bother me. I don't care. It's just that you know, just don't be talking bad about one or the other. That's really the key. That's really the key. Is 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 Whatever your milk is, you know, enjoy it. But you don't have to put down the other milks. The milk conversation. I did. I did a whole video about uh, Deion Sanders um, going from Jackson State to Colorado. And you know, some people agree with it. Some people disagree with it. It is what it is. It's not my job to change your opinion. It's just my job to give you know a different perspective, so you can you know take a listen and and come up with your own opinions. You know, but. One of the things I like to do on the podcast is kind of give you a, something a little deeper because, you know, you, you got to kind of watch what you say on 
on social media. It can ravel, uh, it can unravel out of control pretty quickly. And, you know, 280 characters, even a five-minute YouTube is really, you really can't have the type of discussion uh, that you want to have about certain situations. So it's important that you, you, you know the duplicity of it all. And like I always said, there, there's people think a lot of terms, especially now, in black and white, you know, one side of you, it's a, it's a lot of gray area in life. Dion's a good example of gray area because there's a part of Dion that's not a good person. I'll just be straight up with you. There, there's definitely some kind man in there. There's definitely some Creflo dollar in there. There's some Fendi father. <laughs> you know, there's some Bishop Lamar Whitehead in there. A lot of what you see from Dion is fake. It's for the cameras. He, he's... He, he's hone this personality, this persona for the majority of his life. He has it down to perfection. And look, if you ever want to know when Dion is faking, I give you a little hint. He 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 gives himself up sometimes. It's an ego situation. But if you ever wonder when Dion is faking or when he's just saying stuff to get a reaction or he doesn't really mean what he's saying, but he knows it sounds good. Is he going to uh, say whatever he had to say? It normally does sound pretty good. And then at the end of it, he if he doesn't get the reaction that he wants, he'll say something like, man, that was a word. That was pretty good right there. I like that. That's him telling himself that this BS that he just said this was really good. It's a tale. <laughs> I took a little, you know, some psychology classes at the Ohio State University. So, yeah, part of Dion's a con man. Now, there's another part of Dion that I think truly does care about people. And especially the, the kids that, you know, he's coaching. I I truly believe it. I, I, I think sometimes his ego is actually to his benefit. And I tell you what I mean by that is that Deion Sanders wasn't going to be in Jackson, Mississippi and just accept the conditions there because he's Deion Sanders. So that ego is what got them better uniforms, better facilities, uh, better planes, you know, better practice, just better because he just wasn't going to accept that, even if that meant using his own money and his own connections, which you really shouldn't have to do if you're the coach. But he wasn't going to live that lifestyle. He was going to live the Deion Sanders lifestyle in Mississippi. And by doing that, he actually improved the lifestyle of his players. Can't hate on that. The end goal was always to leave. He, he wasn't going to retire at Jackson State. You know why? Because eventually, the novelty wears off. And... It was, it's cool, you know, they go undefeated. He's doing, the, you know, the YouTube documentaries and all of that stuff. They're winning games, and, and he's on 60 Minutes. But you do that three, four, or five years in a row, it lose, especially now, the way people have short attention spans, you lose your audience. So Dion can never lose the eyes on him. So he's smart. He probably could have stayed maybe 
another year or two and, and still got the eyes on him. But there's a cap. There's a limit on what he can do. And when you're Deion Sanders, you don't have limits. You're dealing with limits. And then you also you have to worry because, once again, if the novelty wears off, the five-star recruits, the four-star recruits see what's going on down there, and they stop coming. And now all of a sudden, instead of 12-0, you know, you're going 6-4. and four. You're going 7-5. And, and once again, the novelty wears off, and the big schools aren't looking anymore. So you had to take the opportunity when it came because it might not come again. Maybe it would have, maybe it wouldn't. But that's always the end goal. Hey, and, and people say, well, you went to Colorado. Colorado was trash. That's perfect. So you, don't, you guys got to think like Deion thinks. If he goes to a bigger school that says went 75, a, a major school that went 8-4, and four, well, your wiggle room to get better is very small. So we brought Deion Sanders in. We went from 75 to 6-6. Six and six. That doesn't. That's that's not good. <laughs> but if you go to someplace that's 1 in 10, 1 in 11, well, you have nowhere to go but up. If you can go 6 and 6 next year, they're going to be calling you a genius. If you go 8 and 4, other teams are going to be calling. Other schools are going to be calling. It's always a plan. Onward and upwards. You know, some people call Deion, yeah, sell out now. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like that. I feel like as black people, we need to start being a little more, a little more happy for individuals doing positive things. I, I, I don't who did I tell? I told somebody this the other day. I said, you know, they said, well, what's the difference between how some communities come together and and our community other, other don't come together sometimes? I said it's simple. I said, think of it like a tree, All right? In other communities. When someone starts going up the tree, the people from the bottom pushes them to the top. And the reason that they push them to the top, because once he's at the top, you can pull the next person up. If you push the next person a little, then you pull. Then all of a sudden, everybody's on the top of the tree. With our community, when we see someone getting to the top of the tree, we get nervous that they may leave us behind on the bottom. So instead of pushing them to the top, so they can pull us all to the top. They bring them down. They grab their legs, they grab their ankles, and push them down. And then on the flip side of that, also, if at times our people get to the top of the tree, we don't put a hand out to pull each other up because we're scared if more people come to the top of the tree, we'll lose our spot. And that that's the problem. That's always been a problem. And then on top of that, while we're pulling each other down from the tree, we have all of these oppressors on the other side sawing down the tree, cutting the tree. So now we got a double. We're pulling each other down and somebody's cutting it off. You see what I'm saying? You see the issue? You know, I'm not, I hate when people, uh, isolated incident comes on it, black on black crime and all this stuff because it's white on white crime and, and all this other stuff as well. And nobody says, you know, white on white crime when, when something bad has happened to a white person. But with that being said, we can do better as a community. We could stop killing each other. 
That's what they want. It's like we're doing the job for them. It's like we're their killers. We're their assassins. The cops want to do it anyway, so we do it to ourselves. <laughs> doing, making their job easier. So we're pulling each other down. We're making the oppressor's job easier. It's frustrating at times. When we see somebody having success, even if we don't like them, we, don't, we pull them down. We don't want them to have success. And then we, here's what happens, too. If you're somebody that has been helpful to your people, and then you see your own people pull you down, make things harder for you, even if you bounce back, you're less likely to want to be helpful. Right? Just common sense, because you don't want the same thing to happen to you. So you make your inner circle tighter. You're less apt to talk to people, to give opportunities, because you can't trust your own people. And that's sad. You know, the, the last thing I want to talk about is the last thing that you hear from me from 2020. Now, I appreciate you uh, listening. We'll be doing these a lot more uh, frequently. Is it was an interesting year for the MCU and the DCU. First thing I gotta say is that let's let's never forget these are these are comic book movies, okay? <laughs> They're not real. Uh, I think people's emotions get a little bit too high when they're talking about this for whatever the reason may be. Uh, but I think there's a bit of a comic book movie uh, fatigue. You know, 2021 ended on a high note. Uh, Spider, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Big, massive uh, movie uh, from Sony and, uh, and, and Marvel and Disney. You know, but since then, you know, not so great. You know, uh, a lot of the MCU TV shows that they use to launch Disney Plus... I mean, you have to say has helped make Disney Plus successful, uh, but they haven't been great. They haven't necessarily been bad, but I think what happens is, is that when you take what probably should be a two hour, two and a half hour contained story and you got to stretch it out to six hours, uh, especially with characters that people aren't familiar with. Uh, sometimes it can get a little dicey. It's very hard to drop in a Moon Knight to a non um, a superhero comic book fan. You know, it's hard to drop you know that in. It's hard for people to understand. You know, maybe a Wanda Vision and, and things of that nature. Whereas I believe their highest rated one was Hawkeye, <laughs> but that's because he was in the Avengers. You know, so that helps. And I think, you know, they're starting to realize that maybe that, you know, you have to be a little careful in how you bring these characters into the MCU. And they got a lot of characters they still need to bring in. And I guess one of the problems is, is that when you bring them in on a TV show, you know, that's not really the best way to, to do an origin sometimes. <laughs> I think they had it perfect before they were doing origin movies, but also within 
other people's origin movies, they were dropping little breadcrumbs about new characters and to get people familiar. So by the time that it was time for the Avengers movie, everything was ready to go. With that said, I don't think the MCU and Marvel specifically, I don't think they're going to have any problems, you know, going forward. I think, um, you know, the quantum situation with Kang, I think that's going to be big. And I think Secret Wars is going to be huge in the sense they're going to be able to have pretty much every character in the Marvel Universe be able to get into a movie. May not be in-game. I think sometimes stuff like that only happens once. Infinity War in-game, I think trying to duplicate that is going to be tough, but it's going to do numbers. Now, over at Warner Brothers, well, that's a different story. Oh, my goodness. I remember thinking to myself uh, years ago, I said, there's no way in the world that DC could mess up a Batman, Superman movie, or a Justice League movie. It seemed impossible because one could argue that Batman and Superman are two of the top three known superheroes in the world. You know, you can have Spider-Man in there, probably the one, two, or three. You know, Bat- some people say Batman is the most well-known. Some people say Superman. Some people say Spider. But they got two. You got two of the top three. It's almost impossible to miss with that. And then they swung and missed. And I think they panicked after that because I like there's no way you can mess up a Justice League that has four of maybe the top ten superheroes of all time. Superman, Batman, Aquaman, maybe five of the top ten of all time. Superman, Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Flash. If you say who are you, who are the top top? Let me let me look it up. You know I like to look up stuff while we're doing stuff. These are the top ten, and I'm just gonna grab a random one, so I'm sure it's maybe not the best one. <laughs> uh, top ten popular superheroes. Of all time. Let me see what they got here. This is from Watch Mojo. <laughs> I don't know if they can be trusted or not. But according to them, it's Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, just like I said. Wolverine, Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Even if this one is true, you still got three in the top ten <laughs> in one movie. And you still... Blew it. You still blew it. Like how? And now you're gonna, you know, you're gonna bring in um, James Gunn. You're blowing up the entire thing. It's not looking good. The whole thing with Henry Cavill and The Rock and not, it just doesn't doesn't seem good. Doesn't seem good for DC. I say blow the whole thing up. Just start over. I mean, yeah, you messed up the first ten years. But yeah, just start over. Just thought I would I would have some sort of event, maybe in the Flash, bring over the Robert Patterson Batman, bring over the the, the that Joker that everybody likes. Just start fresh. Just start fresh. And and if hey, also James Gunn, stay off stay off Twitter. You 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 can't you can't beat 
social media. You can't you can't beat it. Just make your movies and and stay off social media. Well that flash movie's gonna be interesting. <laughs> that flash if you that DC even messed up the rock. How do you mess up the rock? That's that's ridiculous. Just make your movies. We'll see you in twenty twenty three. I appreciate you listening. Be sure to subscribe to Headlines with Robert Latow on all of your podcasting networks. Check out the site, blacksportsonline.com, for all the topics that we talked about today. You can follow me on Twitter at BSO, Instagram, and YouTube, BSOTV. You can check me out on TikTok. Robert Littell, BSO, and be sure to like our Facebook page, Black Sports Online. And for all of you that's been rocking with me for almost 20 years now, we're Dollar Nerds for life.